0: Welcome to Do I Need Therapy? Get ready to receive valuable mental health tips and enjoy open conversations about life and love and when you need to ask for help. Let's reduce the stigma. I'm your host, Dr. April Landell, your go-to therapist for today's modern day. My guest experts and I are here to inspire you along your mental health journey and remind you, you are not alone. family this is dr april and your go-to therapist for figuring out life in today's modern day and navigating your journey with hey do i need therapy so glad you're tuning in because today we have a special guest on the microphone miss alicia nunn so glad to have you you there
1: I'm here. Hi. Thank you
0: for having me, April. I'm so glad to be here. Oh, wonderful. And it's great to have you. And I'm going to introduce you because you are amazing. So Alicia Nunn is a beautiful Black and proud African-American woman, Black Lives Matter activist, as well as licensed clinical social worker turned writer. She is contributor for Reflection Magazine. She's written for Face to Face Africa, Chicago Tribune, and Huffington Post. She has been recognized as an Athena Award and Leaders as Heroes finalist for her work as a fierce advocate for justice, which is you know, really an underlying theme of her writing. And Lisha uses power of words as a force to move the reader and change the world. And her latest and greatest is authoring Ashira's World. So family out there, when you are doing the deal about changing careers in your life's direction, like fighting for your dreams, shifting in your purpose, this woman is an inspiration. All right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, what a journey.
1: <laughs> what a journey it's been.
0: I can imagine. And we're going to talk about that because I'm just curious where and how the shift was for you, you know, but first, you know, tell us about your book.
1: Wow, Ashura's World, The Queen of Heaven Returns is a fantasy novel. Mm. It's a fantasy novel, but there is something for just about every reader in there. There's action, there's romance, there's, there's romance. mystery, and there's suspense. <laughs> all And history actually wrapped up into this epic fantasy novel. And when I say history, the protagonist, Ashura. Well, she starts off as this young woman. It's kind of a coming of age story of a young woman who discovers she has powers, but she doesn't know how to use the power because she doesn't know who she is. She mm-hmm. is the direct descendant of an actual historical figure that nobody knows about because it was being raised from history. Mm-hmm. Uh, an African goddess by the name of Asherah, who's mm-hmm. called the Queen of Heaven in the Bible um most of the mention of her was removed from a lot of historical books in cor- in, including the bible during the rise of patriarchy mm-hmm. and so a lot of powerful women were removed from history because it was it was time for men to rule <laughs> <laughs> and achra was gone herself <laughs> but i mean me the story mm-hmm. is very timely in that we are shifting in the world from this yes. patriarchal model to a model of actual unity where you have matriarchy and patriarchy side by side. I think that's the ideal way to rule.
0: I do absolutely love that. And thank you for the lesson. You know, I am well educated, but I actually did not know that. And I didn't even realize I was saying it wrong. So I call it Ashira, but it's actually Asherah. Actually, no. Ashira.
1: Oh. <laughs> Ashira so. is the descendant of okay.
0: Asherah. I got gotcha. you.
1: Yes. I knew nothing about this uh, historical figure as well. It, it, it was a whole process of awakening for me that started. I don't want to move too fast, but this <laughs> started when I when I got laid off from my job as a school social worker in 2011.
0: Perfect. So that's my next question. And thank you again for that lesson. Ashira to Ashira. Got it. What inspired your whole shift from school social worker to to, to author? Tell us more.
1: Yeah, it was a shift that I had no idea was coming. I had I went through a, a, series of very major and kind of traumatic life experiences. I got a divorce, had a fire in which all of my possessions were lost. A fire. Yeah, mm-hmm. my pictures, everything. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then I. I got laid off from my job. It was like boom, boom, boom. I had mm-hmm. just bought my first home after a divorce. I bought my first home on my own. And uh, that was major for me. And then I lost my job like a year later oh as a social, social worker. It, they, it was school cuts in the urban city, school budget cuts, and my position was eliminated.
0: Okay. Can I just stop there for just a minute? Because I'm yes. I'm stunned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, Wow, that is so much. We in in therapy land, we call that significant life transitions. You uh-huh. said the divorce. You know, it's a break. It's it's very difficult to go through. You it's know. It's
1: very, and I had two children at the time, mm-hmm. so that compounded. It was very difficult. But mm-hmm. um, one day, you called me a Shiro, a Shira. That brought all of those challenges brought out a Shira in me, <clears throat> it and it brought out
0: this story. Everything happens for a reason. Yes, that's absolutely true. Fire is what stood out to me. I'm like, you mean a fire? That is absolutely terrifying. But to lose um, such precious possessions, you said, I heard you when you said the photos, you lost everything.
1: Everything. It's like every time I would build, (laughs) something would happen and I'd have to rebuild again. Mm. You know, I had built a life, built a home Mm -hmm. and I filled it up. And then everything
0: Mm -hmm. got lost. Oh my goodness, I'm so I'm sorry to i now, hear that. it's not funny at the time. I gotcha, right? You know, difference of, uh, you know, the day later, right? I, I hear but you. But I was
1: developing because, um, mm-hmm. I was developing as an individual because, as I talked about this story about the end of patriarchy and matriarchy now rising back up to coexist with patriarchy, my own story kind of reflected that because I was raised in an era where, a woman was supposed to just be at home with the babies. I was an mm-hmm. educated woman, but my father pretty much said, You need to uh, just mm-hmm. bear children. <laughs>
0: and you were like,
1: Excuse I'm like, me? That's, <laughs> my, that's my mother. That's not me. <laughs> you're like, i motherhood. Motherhood is very important to me and my mm-hmm. children were the, the greatest thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. But um, I was raised Absolutely. like, depending on the man, I did not know how to do anything on my own. I got married very young. Okay. And so moving, you know, when I got when the divorce, I left because the relationship was abusive, went out on my own and I built something on my own. I was very proud of that. And then the fire like eliminated all of mm-hmm. that. And then I bought my own townhouse after that. And mm. then I lost my job. Mm. So it was, it was difficult to sustain what, what I had created. It was difficult to sustain it. But it all led me to this, my, what I believe is my true calling, into this story, mm-hmm. which, is, which is a story about powerful Black women in history who were eliminated. And So I grew up not knowing that I'm connected to these women in history. And these women really show me who I am. So that's why I say it was an awakening. And so that's what this story is about.
0: The thing is, I look at that and I'm seeing so much of what would take anybody down. Just one of those things alone. But you... Now, figured out that all of those things clearly happened for your purpose. And we, I remember we talked about this once upon a time before, just like everything happens. I don't know the timeline of how this happened. You're just thinking, why me? Why in the world? Why me? What did I do to anybody? What did I, you know? And you have to realize or at least put some kind of process in remembrance that these things sometimes they're setting you up for. Amazing things to come in the future. You know, for example, you come out of divorce and I know a lot of my clients have reported feeling, you know, a freedom to that. The fire, you know, there's a rebirth, a phoenix, you know, Mm. being laid off means you're allowed to recreate. Whatever future you want. So it's it's something. And I'm so glad that you got through that. And now you can laugh at it. Now you can like look 14 back. 14 and-
1: years later, because this was a 14 year journey. All of this Ooh. happened over the span of 14
0: years. Okay, gotcha. Now I can
1: laugh. I was not laughing. Although you mentioned mm-hmm. something very, very important. You said liberation when you get a divorce. And that I was not one of those women who was like, "Oh, my God, it's over. I love him." It, that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Now it was very scary getting on my own because it was an abusive situation, I feared for my life, getting mm-hmm. out. It was mentally and right. um, verbally and emotionally abusive, more so than physical, although that did happen a couple of times as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. But I, was, I wasn't fearing that he was going to beat me or anything like that. I just feel because he was losing control and that happens like the first 24 hours when you leave an abusive person is so dangerous yes. because they're losing yes. control and so they kind of become very agitated. So I had to hide for 2 weeks um oh. after leaving with my children because I feared for my life. So basically just the fear and just starting on my own, which um, was the reason why I got married in the first place. I was raised that a man takes care of you, cannot take care of yourself. So I had that in the back of my mind when I graduated college and that's why I got married so fast Mm -hmm. because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. So those fears were still there of getting out on my own and figuring out how to build a life on my own. So Mm -hmm. just overcoming those fears was my biggest thing.
0: Right. Absolutely. What would you say for somebody who is out there with a similar situation if they're approaching that question of do they need therapy? What would you share with them?
1: First of all, if you have that question, the answer is yes, Mm -hmm. because there is something that you're going through that you feel like you need help with Mm -hmm. and there is nothing, there's no harm, there's no weakness, there's no feeling like that something is wrong with you in needing therapy because we all need help at some point in our life. And I and I believe that transitions is definitely a time to get help because you're changing, mm-hmm. your world is changing, you have a sense of who am I now, you may feel lost, you may have anxiety, depression, and those are things that therapy can help you with.
0: Yeah. And I certainly hope that because, you know, the thing is, is that we never know what life is going to throw at us and it can go up and down. And so I really like that. And so just by the way, on the show, we have a, a, a tally constantly going with every single show for tips of how to start and restart therapy. And then also reasons of why you would need therapy. And it sounds like you gave a few in there. I really like if you have significant transitions in your life, you're saying that's when you really definitely need therapy.
1: Yes, and that, mm-hmm. and if you um know that you're about to go through a transition, like when I knew that I was going to leave this marriage, I actually Got therapy for myself and my children because that is divorce is very traumatic for children. So proactively, Mm. I sought therapy. I was a therapist myself, so I understood the need for that. But that is that is so important when you like when you're going off to college, just major transitions in life. If you're moving to another country or another state, everything is changing. That is the time to proactively schedule an appointment
0: to meet with a therapist. Okay. I'm so glad that you said that. Thank you. And so we're going to add that to the tally. You have been so very helpful because we got to, we got to keep building it, you know? So I love that even before, you know, you're having major life transitions, that may be a good time to seek therapy, right? Absolutely. Good advice. Okay. So we're going to put like just a tiny pin on the mental health, because I'm actually halfway through Ashira's world, right? I am right at a new romance, just, just, just entered into it. All right, well, that's the good part. (laughs) Yes, I'm literally, I'm like, if you break that book in half, I'm literally right in the middle. It was so funny how it ended like that just before we were able to talk. So I can kind of be on the cusp of knowing Ashira's character and where she's coming from. And then I still don't know the ending to it. So I'm going to hold that because mental advocacy is really a part you write it right into the character And that's something that I loved is coming from your your history as a mental health professional So I thought that was really neat because we were talking about your shift I think you said that you started writing a poem that got you started. Yes,
1: I wrote a poem Well, as as I said, I lost my job as a school social worker. Mm -hmm. I always say I lost my job and gained my purpose I always want us to help families. So I, I, I put together my history of working in, uh, as a school social worker, and I uh, used some of my contacts from that and was able to do social skills and relationship skill groups in the schools. And that kind of expanded. I started a, a nonprofit organization for youth. Hmm. And the part that really st- stood out, I, wanted to, I felt like therapy wasn't enough for those children because they needed their holistic needs met in order to even be able to function Sure. Um, in schools, so mm-hmm. they. Um, I, I worked in an urban area where they, you know, their home life, their neighborhoods were just so uh, stressful they couldn't concentrate. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to do wraparound services, and but what what stood out and what people really do, gravitated towards was the open mics that we held at different like businesses in the community. They opened their doors and let wow. us do uh, poetry sets and open mics, and that's what took off. It was an opportunity. It was very therapeutic because they could they talked about their struggles and their stresses in their poems or in their songs, whatever, or in their dance, they expressed it. And it was very healing and their outcomes were tremendous. They actually started to improve in school. Mm -hmm. They actually graduated. They actually got jobs and went to college after high school, just from those being able to express themselves
0: and heal. I think that is so very important. It it happens a lot. A lot of our job as therapists and then, therapists and beyond, <laughs> you know, open mic organizers and, and, yes. you know, more services is, is helping people remind themselves that self-expression is one, it's okay. And then two, it's a process of growth. You know, it allows yes. you to speak out, you know, what you need to say and then find your next words, yes. your next yes. formations. It's something I've been to open mics Yes, it's powerful. Powerful, and and mm-hmm. most of us, I think all of us really want to be
1: heard and validated. And when they those children, they mm-hmm. they were heard and they were validated
0: through these expressions. It was really
1: healing for them.
0: Mm, that sounds amazing. So I'm 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 guessing that the next part was that you caught the bug.
1: <laughs> I caught the bug. I love those children. I love children anyway. But mm-hmm. oh my goodness, just being at those open mics and all of that creativity—it just just something happened in me, and I one day I wrote a poem and I started performing it, and wow. oh my goodness, mm-hmm. that's the only poem I've written. Well, I wrote when I was a little child, but that one poem just tapped into my desire to be a mm-hmm. writer, which goes back to my youth when I was in elementary school. I wrote poems, and and in high school I was in in journalism and I was in the journalism club, and I uh, would write for contests and win first place. So yeah. that was something I desired, but there was a teacher when I was in the 10th grade, mm-hmm. uh, I was in a program called Upward Bound for first generation college students. We went for a summer to college actually and during my the, the 10th grade year. And a, the teacher there, she criticized my writing. And that's when I was like, okay, maybe I'm not good enough. I was a simple oh. child, so I took that to heart. Mm-hmm. And that's when I stopped mm-hmm. and I took a different path. So that writing that point just reawakened that desire in me. And so I wrote a self-help book based on my journals. I compiled all my journals and wrote a self-esteem self-help book. So I, I had struggles with self-esteem my whole life. And so yeah, I Alicia, I, you. I know I'm confident. People don't believe it. now because <laughs> I'm so confident. But wow. all of these things brought out my true self. Mm. All of these events that I'm talking about brought mm-hmm. out the true Alicia show, even though it was painful and, traumatic. It it had purpose. And so anyway, I wrote the self-help book. And then after that, that's when I started Asherah, Asherah's World through meditation (laughs) and just cleansing and healing myself. This story came out.
0: Oh, that is fantastic.
1: And is this, is this, I know that book, is that one published also? It was called Take Off the Mask, the self-esteem workbook on Amazon, I Uh self-published, but I took it off because I'm going to, I'm going to republish it eventually. Okay, so we'll just, we'll just stay tuned. <laughs> I, I, made some, yeah, I made some revisions, and so I want to, um, yeah. Okay, My fantastic. journey was not done. My journey was not done, so I had to make some additions to it.
0: Let's hit then back to Ashura's world, because we, you, you gave us a little bit of the, the main story with this young woman who's basically finding how she is incredibly special. Right. Out in the world and to the world, for the world. As we all are. She found what made her special. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Who would your book most inspire?
1: Well, when I was writing it, because, you know, I have this background of working with youth. I want uh, young people to be empowered, to grow and to reach their potential and to live out their destiny. (laughs) uh, My target when I wrote it was ages 18 through 35 but i've gotten feedback and it was women was my target but i've gotten feedback from people men like it because mm-hmm. there are some action sequences in the book yes there and are. also older women because of some of the themes that are in there self esteem identity a lot of people relate to it but yeah the target the target was young adults and also people who like
0: fantasy Okay, so I'm neither going to confirm nor deny being in that age group, (laughs) you know, but I will say I'm at least not a young adult. So I I am a full adult. Yes, you are. And I could thank you. Thank you very much. Right. (laughs) And I could at least confirm. I've really enjoyed the book so far. Really, truly. So it really, when you say that it's a lot of different people from different backgrounds can take away something from this book. I can personally attest to that.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And because I my books are always going to have justice themes, the reason why I, I say it's just not limited to young adult females who love fantasy is because there is a very powerful message in here for all people of African descent. Because mm-hmm. throughout history, some of the things that have happened in history, a lot of knowledge of who our ancestors were, Mm-hmm. It's not a has not been available to us. I integrated that in the story. Right. And I think that our future generations have the right to know those are some of the things yes. that we grew up missing. Like I know it's more to me than these narratives of just <laughs> slavery that we constantly see. There's exactly. more to me than that, but there is more to our story. It didn't begin there. And so that's what I want to put in the stories that I write.
0: Right. And I'm so very grateful that you, you, that you have, because like I said, again, I'm reading different pieces of the, the book and these are things that I've not read. And I, I was raised in the Caribbean between the U S and the Caribbean, but I was always educated in the U S and none of this was a part of our history class. And I had several history yes. classes. So yes, it, absolutely, it, and a lot of times our, our culture, our black culture, African roots, Caribbean roots—you do have to go and search for the history, and it's it's worthwhile. So you put it right to inform and to teach, and I I love that. That was really fantastic. Yes. Not only is it a fantasy story,
1: but it also educates and heals. There's a well-known actress. I won't say her name, but she. I sent it submitted the manuscript to her because I want to see this become a film at some point. And one of the words that she used was, "It was very healing." Mm-hmm. So. When my stories, you're going to be entertained, but you're also going to be educated and you're going to be healed through reading and then eventually screening my story.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So we're sending out those well wishes for that potential future for Shira. Absolutely. And I wanted to definitely take the time to go back because Shira goes through a lot. You know, she's a young woman moving through major things in, in her life, in her relationships and um, not to give too much away, but they're significant. She's working through them. So I could see that you're putting in a lot of her, you know, the journey of how she was staying well, how she was approaching that. That was a huge part. So how much of a part of that mental health advocacy of you is a part of your writing this story, her character, and just you as a writer?
1: Well, I think because I practice therapy for so long for 14-15 uh, years that is a part of me it's a part of my voice it's a part of my point of view so it's always going to be there and yeah, that's just a part of me that's going to mm-hmm. be in my stories mm-hmm. so even though it might not be someone sitting face-to-face with a therapist there is probably always going to be a therapeutic
0: process going on. Mm-hmm. and part of the healing of this story to you
1: absolutely i mean i'm a healer <laughs> in addition to a writer so its going healing is going to be there ashura mm-hmm. her healing process is very much facilitated by her ancestors which when you talked about the caribbean april I just thought, wow, I just wondered if you had some kind of connection with our spiritual African spiritual systems, because mm-hmm. some of it was preserved in the Caribbean more so than in the United States of America.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: for Ashura, a although she doesn't get exposed to that growing up, her ancestors actually contact her with our ancestors are always around us they are mm-hmm. they are our guardians and our guides mm-hmm. but she actually becomes aware that her ancestors are with her and her ancestors her great grandmother is a big part of her healing process
0: i've been reading in that part and that is the legacy of wisdom you know and guidance and I felt that throughout the whole theme of how we are writing the ancestors in, next steps, you know, a moment of um, difficulty and ancestors would show up for Ashira. And I just thought that was like, wow, powerful because she could literally call them, but they would also just be there in support as well.
1: Absolutely, And I think, oh my goodness, that is so profound what you are saying, because even through All of the things that we as people of African descent have experienced through all of it, even slavery, even Jim Crow discrimination, even the Mm -hmm. police brutality of today, the ancestors are with us. Even though we've been separated from that part of the knowledge of, you know, how to call on them and what to say and what to do, how to reverence and honor them, Mm -hmm. they are still there and they have been with us through all of these events.
0: Now, I was just thinking that that's exactly what I envision. You know, there's so much going on in regards to speaking out against the brutality and, you know, working so hard to operate and demonstrate in peace and in love and in unity. And I can just see us in our present, and then we're surrounded by all of our past still, all those people who would look down on us and hopefully, you know, smile and be really proud of. When we're trying to make sure that movement is positive and loving and giving and kind and in unity, you know, for all of, all of the human race, it's, it's really something that I, I, I do definitely see. I can even visualize it sometimes, you know, so, they love
1: us so much. Our ancestors mm-hmm. love us and they're helping us through
0: this. Mm-hmm. And us through this, this. too, Right. Exactly. Okay, so you know me and you can talk all day, but I want to make sure that the family can find you. So, how do family and readers and your future fans find you? You can find me. The best place to find me is either on my website at
1: mm-hmm. com or on Instagram at I am Ashira 1212. That's I A M A S H I R A 1212.
0: Perfect. Okay. And I, I follow you on Instagram. Those are fun. It's really fun because you're telling us all the things that you're doing and what's going on. And then all the stuff of what to look forward to. But tell us here, tell the family here, what do we have to look forward to with Ashura, with any of your other writings that you have hinted to throughout the show?
1: I only put a touch of this information in Ashura's world. I am going to be releasing all the juicy details in blogs for Reflection Magazine. So it's going to be coming up soon. There's so much that <laughs> that I'm going to be revealing, and it took years hmm. for me to get to the truth of this because Asherah in the Bible is presented as as a Hebrew goddess, not an African goddess. So I'm like, black people have African ancestors, <laughs> but through a lot of research, I mean, it took a lot to really pick pick apart the story. I found the connection, and I'm going to be revealing it in my blogs for Reflection Magazine. So mm. go to my website, sign up for the email list, go to Instagram and follow. So when I release these blogs with all this information about your power as a Black woman, baby, Black girl <laughs> magic is real. And there yes. is a source of it. And I'm going to be telling you where it comes from.
0: And I promise we'll be putting the links to all this on your on the show note page. So definitely can do and we'll share it forward Thank you so much for, you know, you stepped fully into your journey of shifting from, you know, where you were before in life to your new purpose. You're a writer, you're an author, publishing a legacy story for the community, right? And that is so meaningful. I just want to say thank you for stepping through it. Sounds like it was a lot of work, a a big process, but you completed that journey and now you're on the new journey for this process going forward. Yes.
1: I'm so Mm -hmm. excited about the new journey. (laughs) Me too. Said that because I am so excited about
0: it. (laughs) Me too. I really, I'm really looking forward to finishing the book. So, tips I've got from you: there's no wrong or right with therapy. You just go. And also, for good reasons, any time of major series of life changing events, you may want to seek therapy. You lose your job, you may want to seek therapy. (laughs) And also, you said one that was really key before any major life transitions ahead of them. When you know they're coming, you may want to seek therapy.
1: Going to college, that's a big one. I would recommend scheduling therapy there. They have counselors on college campuses. A lot of college students um, experience depression anxiety and that affects you know how Mm -hmm. you can perform in school so Mm -hmm. be proactive and get somebody to talk to up front
0: yeah how you perform in school and also affects life decisions that change essentially your entire direction for from from then going forward major life decisions happen then so true Mm -hmm. so true Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank you so much. So the final thing is that we do a quick round of fun. And I just want to, you know, check in. This is just kind of what we do on the show just to get a little bit more, <laughs> more info, right? And it's really quick, you know, lightning round, essentially. So are you iPhone or Android? Android. All right. What's your favorite Starbucks order?
1: Well, I don't partake in Starbucks.
0: Mm-hmm. There's reasons. Can understand, Can do. And maybe your favorite thing to do in the world? Probably daydream.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. But I love walking on the beach as well.
0: Okay. That is an excellent one. Favorite quote?
1: It's my own quote, which is, your first true love is you. And that's something Mm. I learned from personal experience.
0: Mm, I love that. Your
1: first true love is you. Fantastic.
0: Fantastic. We're going to end the show thanking you once again for coming on the show and being a part. So, Alicia, you know, we we really did appreciate your your time and all the fun and history that you shared with us.
1: Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Do I Need Therapy? If you did, please tell a friend and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're tuned in. If you're always on Instagram like myself, come check out my page. I've got lots of tips and tricks on life and mental wellness. Ask me your questions. Plus, tell me what's on your mind, even if you need to figure out if you need therapy. And for my Facebookers and all my Twitter peeps and my Pinterest pinners, I'm online there too. In fact, I'm everywhere at April and Dell. Meantime, I can't wait to chat with you again on the next episode. So, till then, peace, love, and happiness.